Welcome to the Edge Podcast by MGR with your host, David Gill. The U.S. and China have been trading $100 billion tariffs with each other back and forth like it's nothing. And the question is, who wins and who loses in a trade war? And the answer to who loses? Everyone. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the Edge Podcast. David Gill here as your host. Before I get into the rest of this, uh, this is not about you know Trump or political ideologies or you know taking sides here. Uh, I'll give my opinion at the very end, but I, I this is not something that I'm either for or against in my commentary. It's going to be more of a uh, it's going to be about what happens in trade wars, not so much me giving my personal opinion. If you want to see a pundit's, not that I'm a pundit, but a pundit's opinion, you know, you have a million other options out there to choose from. So this is going to be more info, informational, a little entertainment, hopefully, and uh, just good old trade war uh, information. Let's get into it. You ain't got no money, I ain't got no time. All these faces looking funny when I'm driving by. So if you're not aware of the kind of trade war that has begun over the last month, then don't know where you've been living, perhaps under a rock, but go uh go Google it or something. Uh anyways, let's talk about kind of consequences of the trade war. So one company that is very interesting in this whole mix is Boeing. Boeing is one of the largest companies in the United States, and they're going to be hurt greatly by this trade war. Why? Well, Boeing themselves have said that they expect north of $1.1 trillion worth of sales coming from China over the next 10 years as far as aircraft goes. They're expecting over $100 billion a year of revenue to come from China for selling planes. But if there's massive tariffs to sell planes to China, then they're not going to buy Boeing's planes. Why is this important? Well, before, up until January, if you don't follow the stock markets, there was a big bull run, a big up, uh, a big rise up in in the stock market up until recently, up until about January, uh, and the leader of the Dow Jones uh, skyrocketing was Boeing. They had a great year. They've had a great couple of years, making lots of money, increasing profits. They are growing, and they were leading the Dow Jones rise. Well. China specifically targeted Boeing in their tariffs. They said, okay, Trump, guess what? One of the things that Trump kind of brags about, I think most people are aware of, is how well the stock market is doing under his presidency, right? That's something he likes to talk about a lot. Again, this isn't political commentary. This is just facts. Um, he talks a lot about how well, at least last year, he talked a lot about how well the stock market was doing under his presidency. And China specifically targeted the aircraft industry, Boeing, because it was leading the rise in the major corporations index, as in the Dow Jones. The Dow Jones is the top 20, or I'm sorry, the top 30? Yes, 30 companies in the U.S., or at least what they be, what the 
Dow Jones Company believes is the 30 most representative large corporations in the U.S., I should say. It's not just the 30 largest, although all of them are, you know, massive multi-billion dollar corporations um and so they targeted boeing and they're gonna hurt boeing with these tariffs and boeing said specifically that they're going to be hurt by these tariff by these tariffs by this trade war in china which then is going to curb the growth in the dow jones now the dow has dropped since january roughly 10 percent but uh it's 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 not you know, it's not clear that it's just because of these tariffs, so I can't blame it all on that. But let's take a step back and look at a couple examples of trade wars in the past. This is not the first trade war, so we can probably learn from history a little bit here and see what happened. I'm going to talk about two major ones, one that involved the U.S., but first... I'm going to talk about Ireland versus the UK back in the 1920s. This is about 100 years ago, exactly when this happened. So Ireland and the UK were having skirmishes. If those of you who remember, there was a lot of Irish independence, a lot of... Uh, instability in Ireland about a hundred years ago. Uh, there was famines, there was death, there was uh, war in the streets, really. I mean, there's been a lot of things going, a lot of things were going poorly in Ireland at the time. And so they were making many, many demands to the UK. The UK was saying, hey, no. And well, they ended up getting into a trade war with each other and putting massive sanctions on each other. Well, in this case, because Ireland was the weaker economy compared to the UK, UK includes Scotland, England, and Wales, uh, they are much bigger economies than Ireland, especially at the time, it ended up hurting Ireland greatly. In fact, the cattle industry in Ireland, which was their one of their biggest industries, and the biggest uh, purchaser of cattle from Ireland was the UK. The, Ir the Irish cattle industry completely crashed. It was a big, big deal. In fact, the, the cattle industry, for those who, who don't know, it, it's pretty simple. You invest money ahead of time, right? You, you purchase cattle. Uh, you have them raise their own cattle children, and your goal is to sell those cattle for more than it cost you to raise them. So say you spend three years uh, buying cattle and having them raise their calves, then you have six cattle, and then you can sell them for more than you spent, right? That's the goal. So say uh, you spent five grand buying the cattle and raising them, your goal is to sell all of the other ones for say eight grand and you make a three grand profit. I'm totally making those numbers up. I'm just kind of giving you a basic example. Very basic, simple business, but this was big, especially a hundred years ago. You know, it was a much simpler economy back then. And that industry got hurt because the UK was no longer buying cattle from Ireland because the tariffs were so high. It was very expensive, so it was cheaper to buy cattle from within the UK and from other countries in Europe. So the Irish cattle trade 
collapsed. And because that was a major staple of their economy at the time, the Irish economy hence collapsed. And so what ended up happening was many Irish people ended up killing their own cattle, basically burning their own money. That's literally what they were doing. It's like if you invested in a house and then decided to burn it down, that's what they were doing. Uh, they were killing their own cattle because they needed the food. They couldn't even afford to buy food because they weren't making any money from settling cattle. So they said, fine, I'm going to have to kill our own cattle. It led to famine. It led to poverty in mass and mass uh, it was just a whole bad situation for Ireland did not go well so they ended up removing the sanctions and it took about 50 years for the Irish economy to fully recover and begin to grow again after that so when you're the smaller weaker country it's a very bad idea to get into trade wars because the UK had a great upper hand. It's kind of like if Guatemala wanted to go to trade war with the U.S. Well, that's going to be pretty easy for the U.S., but it's probably going to hurt Guatemala. U.S. would do just fine without Guatemala, but if I, I don't know exactly what Guatemala buys from the U.S., but the U.S. could do much more damage to them. But in the case of two massive countries, in fact, the two largest economies in the world, the U.S. and China, we're going to have to look at a different situation. We're going to have to look at the U.S. involved uh, tariff and trade war back that started back in 1930, about a decade after the Irish trade war happened. This is called uh, this is referred to as the Smut-Hawley Tariff Act. Um, Smut and Hawley were the two senators who pushed forward this trade uh, sanctions and tariffs. And so their goal was to help, because the Great Depression began in 1929, this happened in 1930, so their goal was to help the U.S. get through the Great Depression, and they wanted to make a lot more money off of imported goods so that people either had two options so that two things would happen either if people wanted to keep importing those goods then the government would make a lot of money in taxes and be able to distribute that to people or b people would end up buying from within the u.s which would further boost the u.s economy because it was too expensive to buy from abroad if you have to pay a 30 percent sales tax on whatever you're trying to buy from europe well, this ended up causing a massive ripple effect. Europe ended up putting tariffs on the U.S. And r reminder, the there was no European Union back then. It was every country for themselves. This is pre-World War II. So each country ended up getting into many trade wars with each other. U.K. and France, uh, Germany and France, Germany and the U.K., Germany and Russia, all of these countries ended up getting into many trade wars between each other, all starting because of the U.S. Well, this ended up putting, this was intended, by the way, for a small group of tariffs in the beginning. It was supposed to be a very small thing, kind of like what you hear now with Trump. It's a small thing. It's not on everything. Well, the act ended up because of so many revisions and so many counterattacks, there were tariffs on over 900 items. And that, again, was met with massive backlash from Europe. They put dozens of tariffs on U.S. goods. This caused the prices for everyday items in the U.S. to rise 
greatly, even though the U.S., you know, the Americans couldn't even afford those things at the normal prices. We were in the Great Depression. It was 25% unemployment. People didn't have jobs. Wages were dropping. People were going out of companies, were going out of business by, by the dozens, by the hundreds, by the thousands. And now, all of a sudden, all the prices of your everyday goods started going up. That is a recipe for disaster. And here's the funny thing. The Smoot-Hawley tariffs, as I said, they started small. Well, it started only on agriculture. Because why? You have to remember, in, I believe it was the 18... Through the 1800s up until the Industrial Revolution, basically, so post-Civil War, so we're talking 1870s here, 90-plus uh, percent of the U.S. population were farmers. That was their day trade. That's how they made money. You farmed. That was pretty much most of the world. But the Industrial Revolution came much easier, much more efficient to grow food. Not everyone had to be farmers anymore. People could do other things. They started becoming manufacturers, right? So that's what happened, right? This is the classic industrial revolution. Everyone went from the farms to the factory, like what's happening in China now, or has been happening in China over the last 20 years. So this was intended only for agriculture. And because fewer and fewer people in the US were working as farmers. But then they started adding more and more tariffs, right? They wanted they wanted to protect the farmers, which, okay, fine. But the next wave, which was going to be double the size of the initial farming tariffs, was to protect a different industry in the U.S., a different group of workers. And what was that group? Manufacturing jobs. That's right. You heard me correctly. Manufacturing, as in the U.S. already tried using sanctions to keep U.S. factory jobs 85 years ago, almost 90 years ago, and it didn't work. It crippled the American economy and led to the most unemployment in the history of the country. Before then, there had never been that high of an unemployment, and there never has been since. And it was mainly caused by terrible legislation like this. There were other causes as well. Obviously, the whole economy was tanking. But adding these terrible, adding a trade war on top of a terrible uh, economic situation, it's like kicking someone when they're down, basically. So now the U.S., I'm talking today, 2018, is trying to keep manufacturing jobs. When we tried this 85 years ago, this means that the United States has been losing manufacturing jobs since before World War II. It's been almost 90 years of the U.S. losing manufacturing jobs, and yet the economy has grown greatly. And again, it hasn't worked. Nothing that we have done has changed the fact that manufacturing jobs are leaving the U.S. So China is no fool. They're going to hit back right where it hurts. So China is matching with dollar-for-dollar dollar tariffs that Trump has made. $100 billion was what Trump did. They said, okay, we'll match that $100 billion ourselves. But they're doing it in a particular way that will hurt Trump. Um, again, not about politics here, but this is just facts. So some of the key states... That they are targeting with these tariffs in the U.S. are Iowa, Michigan, Ohio, and Florida. Which, if you know a little bit about politics, you know those are all 
pivotal swing states that matter a lot if you want to win an election. So by targeting places that Trump needs to win in order to stay president in the next election, China is hoping that it will you know, scare off Trump a little bit or make him be a little less aggressive. Again, I'm not supporting Trump nor uh, not – I just hit my microphone – nor not supporting Trump. Uh, it's just this is fact. This is, you know, how politics works. So Trump has actually gotten smart himself. He resurrected the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which he pulled out of last year, I believe. Yes, it was – I believe it was actually around this time last year that he pulled out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, um, which is a trade partnership that includes major economies – in the Pacific, obviously, like Japan, Australia, Canada, Malaysia, Vietnam, basically a lot of uh, some South American countries too. A lot of powerful economies that are in Asia or in the Pacific, you know, area, Polynesia area. If you're Australia, New Zealand, uh, so Trump is going to be able to strike from twelve different fronts rather than just one. You know, it's a it's a group of countries that. They bring either a lot of revenue to China, like the U.S. and Japan and Canada. We buy a lot of stuff from China. Or countries that heavily invest in China, like Australia, for example, is a major investor in China. Uh, in fact, a lot of Australian hedge funds and mutual funds have been doing very well and getting a lot of foreign investment just because they were some of the early investors in China and so they were getting great returns. Obviously, the U.S. is a major investor in China too on the private sector, right? A lot of private investors invest in China because, well, it's been growing so much. So they're going to hurt or Trump is trying to hurt China on different fronts and restrict the revenue that China gets and restrict the investment that they're getting. Basically, you know, cutting off the flow of money into the Chinese economy. That's the whole goal. But now he's doing it from a front of many different countries, not just one. Obviously, the U.S. is going to hurt them the most because we are the wealthiest country we buy the most from them but japan and canada and australia will hurt too it'll it'll sting it'll sting uh, and so that's it's basically where we stand as of now both sides you know started throwing haymakers at each other and then they realized that it could quickly escalate so instead both sides are trying to be more strategic trump trying to be more strategic by hitting from different fronts and china being more strategic by hitting companies like boeing right and uh trying to make hurt the u.s stock market trying to hit the states like iowa michigan ohio florida that trump needs to win in the next election so both are being more strategic hopefully this won't escalate much further uh, you know, tariffs can force companies to lay off people. In, in, in the end, let me, let me rephrase this. You know, in the end, the ones who suffer the most are the businesses, the workers, and the consumers. Basically, the people of the countries, not the governments. Because, you know, tariffs cause companies to lay people off. Which, obviously, it's they do that because their profit margins are getting hurt. Because, one, they're either paying many like massive amounts of taxes that they weren't paying before or two people are not buying their goods anymore because the taxes are too high so their revenue is cut again leading to layoffs which raises unemployment which also causes another thing right companies 
are paying higher taxes, which means they now have to raise their prices because they need to be able to make more money. So they raise prices, which makes things more expensive for consumers. So in the end, consumers, the general population, the working class, middle class, whatever you want to call it, they are getting laid off on one hand, and then the other people who aren't even getting laid off and the people who are getting laid off are getting prices raised on them. So my personal take is I think the U.S. needs to stop playing defense you know they're playing defense by trying to hang on to manufacturing jobs that have been leaving the u.s for over one for about a hundred years now instead the u.s should be forward looking and focus on educating and preparing workers for the increasingly automation filled world because there is no country that has truly taken the lead on that front despite that clearly being the way in which the global economy is moving in fact the only country that has really made significant progress in that area of automation is actually china they've invested heavily in it they've been very progressive and they're ahead of the game they're ahead of the u.s i should say the u.s should focus a lot more on that that's my opinion. Focus on progress instead of hanging on to what used to be. Anyways, let's get into the news. It's time for the news. So in the news today, Zillow is getting into the house flipping business. They have some of the most advanced algorithms in the world as it relates to the real estate business, right? They know the true value of homes and they know how long the turnaround time is on or will be to sell certain homes in certain areas based on zip codes, demographics of people who live there, etc., etc. Their goal is to buy and sell homes within 90 days. So they want to be able to buy a home and sell it within 90 days. And their incentive to sellers is that you, if you want to sell your home, you will be able to sell it in a week or less. You basically give them the price that you're selling it at. Their algorithm will run and see if that's a price that they will accept. And if it is, then they'll buy it pretty much on the spot, at least that's what they say. Whether or not that will become a reality is yet to be seen, but it's very interesting. Right now, they make their money from basically realtors, realtor advertisements uh, on Zillow. They're trying to create a second source of revenue for themselves. This is going to be starting in beta, actually in my hometown of Phoenix and also in Las Vegas. So we'll see how that goes for them. The other major uh, news story of the day is Russia is banning the messaging app Telegram. Um, Telegram is an app that basically promises fully encrypted messaging and that no other third party, whether it be a government or another company, can see your messages and collect data from you. Um, obviously, this sounds more significant these days because of the whole Facebook thing that's going on. Um, but this is very cool of Telegram because what happened was that Russia is going to ban the use of Telegram in Russia because Telegram refused to decrypt its users' messages and show them to the government. So now Russia is saying, okay, well, if you won't show us the messages, then we're going to ban your app completely. Uh, again, this is cool of them. This shows their commitment to user privacy even in the face of financial loss and user loss, right? Russia, 
at the end of the day is a big market. There's a lot of people that live in Russia and a lot of people in Russia who want an encrypted messaging app. Uh, so that their government can't spy on them. And to say no and preserve the integrity of the app in the face of financial loss is impressive for a company. Um, and this is really some great free PR for them as a company that gained its reputation from having great privacy and encryption, saying that no, we're not going to back down to any government, not even big bad Russia. So great free advertising for them for sure. Anyways, that's all the news for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hey guys, David here. I just wanted to personally thank you for listening to this podcast today. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, it would mean the world to me. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a positive review on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcasts. It just means a lot to us. We're new. We're just getting started. So if you could help us out, that would be great. And also, we have been putting up some fire content on Instagram and on YouTube. So if you are not already following us or subscribe on Instagram and YouTube, then go to the show notes, click those links and follow us there. We are posting content daily. So be sure to check it out. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening and I will see you next time.